Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. And welcome to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Your host, Jeff, back with you for another exploration of the not-so-secret secrets of becoming successful in this world, which are that it's really hard and you have to be good at what you do. I'm here with uh, my new friend, Greg Reed, and uh, I, in teeing up his introduction, I was told that all I need to say is, here's Greg. So I'm going to say, here's Greg. Welcome to the show. And then the crowds go wild. It's funny. I got a domain name. There's no such thing as secrets.com because oh. it's so true, right? After all the people that you and I have probably come across in our lifetime, we've realized that a lot of it's just common sense not applied, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I come from the internet marketing industry. You know, I, I started in affiliate marketing and I kind of came up through the ranks and I had an agency and I do, I create courses now. And the internet marketing industry, because we're so obsessed with copywriting, like what converts. And I swear the highest converting word in the, the industry, at least of course, Russell Brunson has kind of made it seem so anyways, is the word secrets. Traffic secrets, uh, you know, dot-com secrets, funnel secrets. I've got millionaire secrets. Everybody's obsessed with secrets and there are no secrets. I know. That's so funny. I do an event called Secret Knock. The same exact thing. Right. The whole idea is to make things a little bit different. And hi, everyone. By the way, my name is Greg. I'm a local author, speaker, filmmaker here in San Diego, California. Uh, for those of you who don't know my work, I've been published in over 100 books, 45 different languages. And I have, uh, you know, my number one film, I think it's trending on Netflix right now. It's called Wish Man. So everyone go check it out. It was Oscar qualified last year. And here we are today. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, yeah, clearly a very successful person. And, and surely you must, you must have a secret that's uh, unlocked all that for us. Would you mind sharing? Well, I've got a few of them actually. And <laughs> the, it's kind of interesting. When I, I did a, a book called Think and Grow Rich, Three Feet from Gold. And it was all about not giving up before the miracle happens. And one gentleman I had a chance to go face to face with was the inventor of string theory, uh, John Schwartz. And he said, successful people seek counsel and failures listen to opinion. So people listening, here's a big newsflash. Successful people seek counsel and failures listen to opinion. Opinions based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, inexperience, like your family, friends who've never done what you want to do. Counsels based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship, people have paved the way. So if you go to a family friend and say, hey, I'm going to start an online business, they might talk you out of it to protect you, plus they've never done it. But if you go to Jeff and say, dude, I want to get in the industry, he's going to say, hey, sit down. Here's what you need to know and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activity only listening and seeking counsel and ignoring people's opinion, that's the day your life would change. Man, great, great advice, especially in a world where we are so inundated and, and, and deafened by information flying everywhere. Oh, it's driving me nuts. The other day, I mean, I, I woke up three o'clock in the morning and I says, there's no credible sources out there. All these Instagram, you know, fake wannabes. And, and by the way, it's our fault. Let's take accountability for a second. We're the motivational people said, you too can do this. Fake it till you make it. And then we get pissed off when people are faking it till you make it. So it's our fault. So just to be clear on that one. However, there's a lot of people out there that are not actually getting the results they want, and people are still listening to them. Stop. I think it's time that everyone stopped and does what Napoleon Hill talked about years ago. He would go up to someone who would offer counsel and say, I appreciate that feedback and information. Where did you learn that from? 
Right. And if it was not from a credible source, he would just thank them and then go on with his way. But right. if it meant something, he'd hold on to it and apply it. So you mentioned Napoleon Hill. So the, the Three Feet from Gold, there's a story at the beginning of that book about the guy who's, I can't remember his name, is Darby? Are you Darby? Absolutely. Are you Darby? Yeah, yeah. So I, that, that source is from that story, I assume, right? Well, okay. Well, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, my history, here's a short little story. Uh, in 1908, uh, Napoleon Hill was an aspiring young magazine reporter. There I you have go. the book right here. <laughs> he, gained, he gained access to the richest guy in the world. His name was Andrew Carnegie. And basically, he gave him a, a letter of recommendation to meet all of his friends and wrote the 20th best-selling book in the history of the world, The Bible of Personal Development. A hundred years later to the exact date, the surviving grandkids in Napoleon Hill and the foundation gave me the same letter. And so I have a ticket to meet any human alive. And I write what's called the Think and Grow Rich series through the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So for example, you mentioned uh, Three Feet from Gold. So yeah, this is our first mega bestseller. I wrote it with Sharon Lecter, who did Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. uh, this went on to go 45 different languages the first six months. And it was the only book in the history of the world that was actually published by Barnes & Noble. Huh. Very cool. Yeah. So for people who don't know the story of R.U. Darby, maybe we could give him a little context. Yeah. Well, he was uh, a guy not seeking counsel. <laughs> he listened <laughs> to people's opinion. And he had something called gold fever back in the day when everyone was doing the big rush. He went out west, started digging, found a hole, a couple nuggets inside and got excited. So he hid it, told his family and friends, and they chipped in money to buy it out, you know, to ore cart so they could pull out by the truckload and when the first ore cart came out it was sure enough filled with gold everyone was happy they were dancing thinking they're gonna be rich but then the gold ran out they kept digging but there was no more gold defeated darby walks out of the mine and says i quit and sees a junk man walking by he says hey give me 200 bucks i'll say this mine and all the equipment the junk man surveying the equipment were thousands because the family chipped in said you got a deal and darby went home a quitter but the junk man goes to an engineer and says, what happened? This cat hit gold and ran out. And the engineer laughed. He said, it's mining 101. Everyone knows that gold runs in a straight line. It's called the gold vein. What Darby did is he came in one side, hit gold, and popped back into dirt. He said, go back to where they discovered treasure. Go 90 degrees, three feet the opposite way, and you'll tap back into the vein. Not only did the junk man pull millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars out, but that's what fills Fort Knox today. And the moral is how many times have we or someone we know quit one class short from a degree or sales or marketing. So I went on a three year journey and I interviewed everyone from the creator of string theory to the founder of, you know, Chuck E. Cheese from the person who started NASCAR to you, know, you the founder of Make-A-Wish. And I found out exactly what they did and how they didn't give up three feet from gold. Man, I, uh, I think about the number of times in my life I've been three feet from gold and I'm, I'm blessed to say that I'm, quote, lucky because at least once or probably, I think I can think of three times I didn't give up and it's the reason I have a life that I'm pretty in love with. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's true. I, I feel like I'm on the internet all day, every day, whether it's doing this show or creating videos or doing live streams or whatever. And I feel like I'm imploring people. Um, a, you, you actually summed up, you literally summed up my entire life is don't quit three feet from gold and get good counsel. Like be careful who you learn from. Yeah. Right. And, and it goes, it goes further for me at least after three feet from gold was a giant mega 
thing, I did a follow-up called Stickability. And I mean, this one, everyone from the founder of Apple computers to you, you name it, it's, it's absolutely insane. And the first guy he interviewed was a guy named Marty Cooper who invented the cellular phone. And he said that, you know, stickability has to be parallel with flexibility. He says, you know, if you know the story about a spider monkey in the rainforest, they couldn't catch it, but one hunter, San Juan, figured it out. He took a heavy log, drilled a tiny hole, dropped a peanut inside, and left at the base of the jungle. The monkey would smell the nut, reach his hand in, grab a hold of the nut, and his fist become so big, become anchored to the log. Mm-hmm. All he's got to do is let go, but he thinks that nut is nutrition, so he's saving it. The question is, could we be holding on to our own nut in life? But it could be in the form of a job or a deal or fear or guilt or house. And what we think is saving us, just like the monkey thought the nut was, could be the thing that's leading to our own demise right now. Sometimes we have to have the courage to adapt and adjust so we can live to fight another day. You know, that's funny. As many times as I've heard the analogy or the the story of the monkey, whether it's a banana peel or a nut, I've never actually heard it told in that context of like, what's your nut, right? Or what's your thing that you're holding on to that you can't see that it's got you shackled inside of, of something that's ultimately going to get you caught, right? It's going to probably get you, get you either caged or killed. Well, it's so funny for myself. I always let those things stop me until finally I started learning these ahas. Look, many receive great advice, but few profit from it. So, you know, for myself, I'm always looking at those ways to spin that cat. You know, for example, you know, I did a million dollars last year in one of my corporations and people go, well, what did you do differently? And back to Steve Wozniak, you know, he taught me a great lesson. He says, don't run away from what scares you, run toward it and adapt and adjust along the way, look for opportunity. And I so what do you mean? He says, well, when microchips came out, they were so expensive, we could afford one. He goes, Hewlett Packard would go from A to B with 20 chips. He goes, so I'd pull away five and go to A to B with 15. And then I'd pull away five, get it to work with 10. Uh, ultimately, I went from A to B using one chip because that's all the money we had. But right. by looking for an opportunity, we found the shortest, cleanest path. And he goes, where could you be in your own business if you stopped looking at something as your greatest you know, obstacle, but it could be a blessing in disguise. So I went back to the company, started realizing the things that I thought were the hiccups were actually the things that were giving me a catapult, redirected it, made a million dollars just by making a couple little tweaks. So you mentioned stickability. Um, I know you have another, uh, another concept that I've seen, I've seen you talk about in some of your stuff that's, uh, and it struck me because it's an acronym that I, I use to mean something totally different, which is CPC, which for me means ah. cost per click, but uh, it feels like maybe that's kind of what you're par- at least partially alluding to here. Yeah, CPC is about accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. Look, I did this uh, this one here. This is called Wealth Made Easy. I interviewed people worth a hundred million to a billion dollars for three years to find out what they did. And one multi-gadillionaire guy, he goes, "It's about accountability and responsibility." CPC. Clues, patterns, choices. He goes, if you go out on a first date, she's 20 minutes late, there's a clue. But if you go on the you know, third, fourth, fifth date, she's 20 minutes late, it's a pattern. And then it's your choice whether you deal with it, adjust it, or break up. But it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people. He goes, how many times a business, someone with a bad reputation, they cheat your best friend, you do business because they'll be different. It's not. And then you're mad at the person. 
You saw the clue, you saw a pattern, you made the choice. Stop blaming other people. And what happens as soon as you start growing up and taking responsibility for things that happen around us, then all of a sudden we can also take action to adjust and adapt so we can have the life we always dream. And it's so interesting. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about my industry. You know, I come again from the internet marketing industry and my industry is so full of just degenerates for lack of a, a, a nicer way to say it wannabe phony gurus people that like you say they've heard one too many motivational talks saying you can do it too and they're yeah. like sweet i don't even have to be qualified i can just do it too right and they go out and they rent a lamborghini and they get a you know hire a kid off craigslist to come take some video of them for for two hours and they make an ad and now they're they're the next guru right and they're you know and, and and I'm thinking, you know, and then the, 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 the tragedy isn't that they do that. The tragedy is that thousands of people blow thousands of dollars or more investing in that so-called information or wisdom that's, that's bogus, right? And, you know, my, my platform, my, almost my brand on the, in the internet marketing world is like, hey, this is the guy that's no bullshit. He, you know, he doesn't, he, he just tells it like it is. He'll tell you how hard it is. He'll try to scare you off. And if you still come back, then he'll you know, let you in and it's kind of that, that's my shtick, but I'm 41. I'm like, I know, I know good things are hard. I'm, I'm, I'm married three times. I have four kids. Like the, the worthwhile things are tough. Right. But I look at that and I go, okay, you know, what'd you say? Clues, patterns, and choices. You know, if you're out there, whether it's online or off, whether it's going to seminars or not, if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're getting advice from people and you're not getting the results that you want, that seems to me to be a clue and, and actually a pattern. And, and you're in the, you know, growth and development industry. I'm in the growth and development industry. Would, would we say that it's, it's, a fair, it's fair to say there's a pattern of people that are either getting good information and not implementing or getting bad information and implementing and still not getting a good result? Well, they're both. They're, those are both. They, yeah, they're equally a, a challenge. And again, though, it's not our job and responsibility uh, for people to take action. So, you know, I, I'm kind of over that stuff. Yeah, so. and that's why I like what you said is that the third piece is that it's actually their choice. If they're yeah. going to keep getting information from unqualified people because they don't check their sources right. or they're going to keep getting information from you and not implementing, it's their choice. Yeah, people come up to me all the time. They go, you know, my life is uh, horrible. I am in a bad relationship. I hate my job. What do I do? And I go, well, First of all, look in the mirror and kick your own ass because you're the one who quartered that person to get in that relationship. You're the one who lied on the resume and did what you had to get that job. Do something about it. It's not other people's fault. And you got to start sucking it up and looking at the, you know, the glass the way it truly is uh, from your perspective that it could be half full or half empty depending upon the observation. But the fact of the matter is we're the person that we got us there and we're also the person who can get us out. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, your thoughts, you've, you've, you've been in the, in the growth and development industry. Uh, I, I got into it in 2008. Well, I was a student of it in 2008. I'd say I became a, you know, teacher or whatever, only in the last two years, mm. you've got some more experience than me. Help me out. Like, what is it that stops people? What is it that's really in people's way? Because I feel like it doesn't matter how good I am at what I do. I can never be better at what I do than other people are how they are, if that mm. makes sense. Well, so what's the question? 
Yeah, I guess what, what's the, that is my, my question is what's the issue? Like what is really happening with people that they're just not getting out of their own way? Well, again, people are listening to uh, and applying people's opinions rather than counsel. I'll give an example. Look, when I did my first book, I was turned down 268 times in a row. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah. And the 269th one said, we'll do your book, change the title, beginning, middle, and end. And so I sought counsel and I called the people that turned me down and says, be honest, no hard feelings. You already said no. What was wrong? And they go, oh, your writing sucked. You're like a third grader and thing. I went, awesome. So I got a ghostwriter and they took my words and crafted away people who wanted to read it and it went on to become a juggernaut, you know, success. Uh, my movie that's right now trending worldwide on, on Netflix same thing, six years, everyone in Hollywood telling us it won't work, all the reasons it'll fail, the whole bit, but we kept persevering going, and we had made the ballot for the Oscars. And the whole thing is, I cannot let another person or myself talk me out of what I know to be true. Now listen, I don't talk about hope to be true or believe or wish, but you know that thing you know? The things that you said, goes, three things went good for me, those are the three things that you knew would work. And so the whole difference is, people gotta stop following wish as a fucking business plan. It's not. That's funny you say that. One of my uh, a friend, a good friend, guy I've done business with a couple times. He was in a documentary, and the last line of that documentary has never stopped ringing in my ears. And he said, "Hope is not a strategy." Mm-hmm. And I just not, hope is not a strategy. Success is going from failure to failure, setback to setback, without the loss of enthusiasm. That's it. That's the big news flash. You guys all want a secret? That's it. You got to go from setback to setback without the loss of enthusiasm because that gives you the momentum to go forward. And again, you know, a lot of people say fail forward, fail fast. I'm not a big fan of that because I'm not going to look for and attract failure in my life. I'm going to pass on that. But I am going to say that I'm going to attract and look for successes and I don't mind stumbling across the finish line. However, I got to get there. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of people who, who look at kind of the the, 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 I, I hate the term motivation, so I, I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe around it, but like that, the, the, the personality type or the industry that's like, we're going to get people excited. Mm. And they, and he's, oh, well, that's just, that's just hype. And that's just, that, they're just enthusiastic. And I, and I sometimes want to say back to, to them, did you say they're just enthusiastic? That's like saying, oh, don't breathe that. It's just oxygen. Like, like you said, going from failure to failure and setback to setback without the loss of enthusiasm, unreasonable enthusiasm, the ability to persevere at optimism and enthusiasm is, and I've interviewed at this point, this, I don't know what episode this is like 45 or something. I mean, I've interviewed dozens of really successful people. I'm, I'm aiming for hundreds and even thousands. Not one of them isn't 10 times more enthusiastic than the average person. I found that to be true as well. And not only that, they're not the smartest people. They're always the most either connected or they learn how to leverage. And to me, that is the key to success. You know, the gentleman who started, uh, what was it, uh, Velcro, he said to me, he goes, look, I go, how did you sell 5 billion people Velcro? And he goes, never. He goes, I sold five people. I go, what? He goes, I only sold five people in my entire life Velcro. He goes, I sold the head of automotive, the head of aerospace, the head of fashion. They found the application. He goes, stop selling everybody. And so, again, when we did our book, Three Feet from Gold, we sat down with the founders of Barnes & Noble and said, hey, why don't we do our first ever JV where no advance, nothing. We'll share the profits that come in, but we'll be partners for the first time. And they did. And guess what? 
who's got a bigger email list, me or Barnes and Noble? Huh. And that's why it's always on the bookshelves. So the realities are sometimes you have to just do a great leverage, you know, deal because that will open up the doors that most people will never have. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad you said that. I I I think about and and I've found this to be a common theme across you know people's lives that 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 create a result that's let's call it unusual at scale. There's always a few moments. There's always a few inflection points where, and, and very often it was like you just said, it was a relationship. It was a connection. And your life is, is to, in many ways, your life is achieved or squandered in those moments, we, whether we have one of them or five of them or 10 of them. And the number one thing that you can bring to those moments, and Mark Cuban actually said this. He goes, people are all, the number one thing that you can always bring to any meeting, I don't remember if he said with me or to any meeting in general, is enthusiasm. Yeah. Because enthusiasm. And then also, how can you be reciprocal in a relationship? So yeah. I don't want to dust over this thing. Look, people always ask me how I maintain the relationships that I have with the people we have. And the answer is I always bring a value to them. And more importantly, I honor my mentors by following through. When I wanted to be a motivational speaker, I went to a guy named Les Brown. He's a motivational dude. And I said, give me one nugget, something I could do. And he did. And then I hunted him down a month later and said, hey, I met you a month ago. I asked for a nugget. I did it. What should I do next? What's the chance of him giving me the second nugget? 100% because nobody has ever done that. Right, right. And what happens is you build this relationship because you honor your mentors by taking action. But then more importantly, you're going back and showing the results that you made. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. Um, man, I just, I just think about what you're saying. So it's like, you know, we, I think this conversation, it kind of almost makes it sound easy. We'll just be enthusiastic, follow through. And, and frankly, these are, these are simple concepts, right? And, and specificity. So what's different with me um, than a lot of different people is I'm a very specific guy. So for example, when I wanted access to the guy who started NASCAR, I would say, hey, I need 12.5 minutes of your time. I'll fly from San Diego to Florida to meet with you. By the time I open the door, to the time I leave will be 12 and a half minutes. We'll start a timer. I'm going to ask you one simple question. Why you didn't quit three feet from gold? Shut up. Now, the chance of them doing that and responding is through the roof because I'm not asking them to pick his freaking brain. I'm not asking them to lunch. I'm not going to dinner. They don't know me. So specificity is key. And I'm realizing the same thing in, uh, for access in today's world. If I get off stage and there's 10,000 people, you know, there's a long line and they say the nicest things. Hey, I want to work with you. How can be of contribution? How can be of service? Wonderful statements, but I don't know who the frick you are. I don't know what you are. I don't know any background. So now I have to do a resume check. Don't make me work. But if I walk off and say, dude, I checked your Instagram. You got a half a million followers. I like your memes. I'm going to send you a free one. I think you'll dig it. If you like it, maybe you'll use me. 15 seconds, I know who you are, what you do. You got my cell phone, boom, done. Yeah. That is what people are missing today's world. They're not being specific and they're not getting to the point. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. I think about, you know, I, I, I hired a guy to help me essentially grow this show. I mean, I, I've been online for 12 years. I started my education company two and a half years ago. Decided two months ago, hey, I want to, I want to do a podcast because I want to start building relationships like this one, right? And he's been reaching out and he's, and he's had such good results. I mean, he's booked some really, you know, Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof, just booked on the show. And I mean, he's getting to people. I'm like, you know, how are you doing this? Who, who am I, right? I mean, like, I'm, an inter I'm, big in, I'm a big fish in certain small ponds, but like Dave Asprey never heard of me. And he's like, and I looked at the messages that he's been sending 
And they're exactly what you just said. They are so concrete and specific and they articulate not only the specifics of who I am, but exact specifics of what's in it for the other person in a way that even if I'm not a well-known person in those circles, it still differentiates me from anyone else that's asking us, making a similar request. And I, I love that. I love your emphasis on specificity. Do you, I assume you get a lot of people reaching out to you online or maybe offline too, coming up at events. And, and like you said, they're like, hey man, uh, I want to be successful. What do I do? Well, actually, I'm making a, I got a TV show that right now is in production. It's called Wake Up and Crush It. And the whole concept is that the TV show is based on that. People come to the house all day, nonstop, and they want access to this. This is my little uh, thing of all my contacts. I call it the switchboard because I use it to connect people. And in here, I've got kings and queens and you know the presidents and you name it they're all in here and so people always want access that's what i've realized but i say before i can give you access you got to prove that you're worthy and deserve it so you don't make me look bad and make you look bad at the same time so i make them jump through a bunch of hoops to make sure that they're serious and if they do and they come out on top i usually open up the letters and you know of recommendations so they can have a, a you know a head start so i have a i have a an off the cuff idea so that my audience maybe can benefit from the type of thing that you're talking about. Because I have a very aspirational audience. I mean, the show is called Millionaire Secrets. These are people that want the secret to becoming successful, right? Um, so so how, are you comfortable if we take what you just said a little further and I say, look, I'm not, I don't, not because I want access to your Rolodex, not that I wouldn't uh, say yes to it, but could you model with me even what you're kind of talking about in terms of the exercise and the jumping through the hoops, just so that everybody else listening can kind of mentally take themselves through the hoops too, because they're maybe not going to get to be on your show. hundred percent. I love saying yes. So what happens is if I get off stage and you say, Hey, I, again, I want to work with you or I want to do something. I say, excellent. The answer is yes. Here's my cell phone. You need to text me Tuesday at 10, 10 AM. And I just want you to say the word, watermelon you know mix them up mm -hmm. and then what happens is that gets rid of 99.9999 percent because you give them an actionable step hmm. and if they do that and then i say great well now i need you to meet me at my house thursday at 1205 and i need a crayon drawing of a squid or two empty lobster shells whatever and the people that actually will come up reach out text me and show up with two empty lobster shells the chances are they're already going to be teachable and learnable, which is this one-tenth of one percent. I don't try to fix everyone. I don't try to help everyone. I look for the people that are willing to bleed through their knuckles. And then when they come in, I usually play some type of game, whether it's chess, uh, pool, ping pong, cornhole. I don't care what it is because how you play games is how you play life. And if they cheat or if they manipulate or they complain or whine, you can see exactly the character of themselves. So I take people through a little gamut just as an observation so I can see exactly who it is I want to work with. So I, I think that's really powerful what you said about, and I had, a, I had an early mentor that was like, always just, just hit the ball back to them. That's what he would say. He's like somebody, you know, cause he had an organization that had, you know, 50,000 uh, subscribers, 50,000 customers. And so the constant bombardment with, and he's like, I just hit, I just always hit the ball back. Cause a lot of them won't hit it back again. Right. It's kind of what you're saying. But I would like everyone listening to really, like, really take a minute. And here's what's, what's cool. I'll say this. I know that if you said that to me, 
I mean, I live and die by my schedule. I would put an appointment in my calendar and I would, I would text you 1010 with watermelon. I, I know that. I can say that with confidence. I would text you watermelon at 1010 next Tuesday. I'd like everyone listening to really ask themselves that question. Would I text Greg back 1010 next Tuesday with the word watermelon? And, and you're right. I mean, if we're all being honest, like, I don't know the data, you'll do the show and you'll let us know. But I mean, what, 95, 99% of people won't do it. Yeah, it's 99, It's funny. One of the things that uh, Tony Robbins taught me was kind of cool. He said the power of saran wrap. <laughs> and the concept was back in the day when they'd send out all those books and the CDs and DVDs and cassettes, what would happen is if you ever notice you go to a garage sale today and they have the whole set, it's usually saran wrap that's sealed. Yeah. <laughs> and he said what happened is that the return rate was super high because, you know, people would send them back because they would get them and never use them. It was like the thing. He goes, but if you put saran wrap and sealed it, as soon as they pop that seal, they think they own it. So therefore they never returned it. <laughs> so we start saran wrapping everything before we send it out and our returns went to nothing because then it's that accountability and responsibility for following through. Man, that's 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 genius i mean leave it to tony that's just straight up genius it's funny too as as a marketer we do all these things you know it's it's sad i say it's sad i mean it's just human i don't know if it's sad or not it's just human we know i sell on i sell online education and i mean we and and we're like we're really nerdy marketers i mean we quantify everything we have data and conversion stats for every you know every piece of our funnel and we just know the number of people that buy versus the number of people that even log in. I mean, I could run the report right now. We're talking about people that pay anywhere, for my intro course, anywhere from 39, maybe there's a couple upsells up to, you know, 100, a little over $200. I, I don't actually have the exact stat, but I'm guessing it's between 50 and 60% that actually log in. Literally half a second later, they buy it. We take, in fact, we don't even make them log in. We take them to a page that auto logs them in that's got one step and the one step is a little two minute video of me saying, hey, you're here, I'm glad you're here. Right below this video, we have your username and your password. Please write it down so you don't mess it up. And by the way, we eventually, we had to start setting everybody's password to be exactly the same. Because even with that step, we got so many people messaging, oh, I lost the password, I misplaced it. But even then, half the people never click got it and just go into, they're not, they don't have to go in, they're already there, they just have to be there. <laughs> Half the people, they just bought it. It's, it's mind-blowing. All right, so I'm gonna teach you a lesson my mentor. Yeah, thank you, me. thank you, please, I need some help here. I'm, I'm so uh, my mentor, his name is David Corbin, he wrote a book called Illuminate, and he says, you don't have to run away from things, the reality, he says, nowhere in PMA, positive mental attitude, does it t say you gotta, you know, like, you know put a Band-Aid on something or sweep it under the rug, what you wanna do is deal with stuff. And, and I remember I said, why does it, I want people to have success more than they want for success? And he says, you don't understand the power of roots. And he goes, stop trying to fix people. And that's how I got to where this conversation has gone today from what I'm about to teach you. Mm -hmm. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, roots. What the hell is roots? And he says, you might find someone who's down and out. They might even be in the gutter. Doesn't make a difference where they're at. We've all been there. He goes, but look for the people that are bleeding. They're kind of gushing from the back of their hands. And I go, why are they bleeding? He goes, roots. I don't get it. He says, well, they don't like being in that gutter. So what they're doing is they're flinging their hands out trying to grab a handful of roots. And he goes, if you can find the select group that are willing to bleed, yell encouraging words and tell them where to grab the next set, eventually they'll pull themselves out and then be able to teach others to do the same. Mm 
He goes, stop trying to fix everyone. Just look for the people that are willing to bleed. That bit of information changed my life. So that's how I implemented all these rules and regulations in my life. So that way I can only surround myself with people that are willing to do what they got to do. So it's, it's interesting. I know some really talented people in my space who's, and I don't know if it's their greatest attribute or their, their darkest curse that they can't fully adopt what you just said. They so strongly, and I believe altruistically, they want to try to save everyone. And what happens is they take this, this beautiful, and I'm, I'm actually thinking of two people in particular, obviously I won't name their names, but they take this beautiful talent that they have and they, dis, they diffuse it across what feels like an endless quicksand of desperation and, and, and downward pull. And I, I think they end up, they, all they end up doing really is sacrificing themselves. Right. And so again, that's, I feel sorry for those people, but that's not my job. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm an author, filmmaker, speaker, and I run a bunch of businesses. It's so funny. When I started my event up here, Secret Knock, yeah. um, people kept asking me how they could meet my friends because I got to meet all these amazing people. So I started it with uh, 12 people in my living room, and now we are Forbes, Inc., and Entrepreneur's Top event in the world for business leaders and the way it works it's three thousand dollars a go and we will not tell you where it is we will not tell you who's going to be there you have to fill out an application jump through all these hoops before and talk to someone before we'll even let you give us money and by doing that we've created the most exclusive elite group of action takers that the world's ever seen and the businesses and the relationships that have come from this community over 14 years it's insane Hmm. Well, my first question is, where do I find the application? Secretknock.co. Yeah, it's so funny. We left the M off so no one could find us, and still people did. It was so funny because last uh, time we did it, uh, I brought in Presidente Vicente Fox, and he was sitting on stage and go, President, I go, let's start our conversation slow and we'll work our way up. He goes, okay. I go, I understand you're building me a wall. Thank you. And he goes, you son of a... <laughs> he was so pissed. It was great. I mean, we've had everyone. I flew in Tonino Lamborghini, Mr. Lamborghini yeah, from yeah. last year. And we did a private Skype with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia all the way down the line. Wow. And the idea is how do you go right to the source and surround yourself with the people that are doing what everyone else is just talking about? Yeah, that's... So, so okay, let me ask you then. For the average person who either can't swing three grand or, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't qualify for whatever reason, how do you advise people who want to dramatically up-level their environment and the average of the people that are around uh, outside yeah. of Secret Knock? Well, you can start right in your own hometown. It's so funny. I started at something called the Mastermind Association uh, last year. So the whole idea is I realized that people are not doing real masterminds. What they're doing is, uh, you know, online Instagram guy charges X amount of dollars to sit around their living room in a semicircle and teach them shit. And basically it's not a mastermind. It's just a mini seminar. Right. And so people were not following the actual Napoleon Hills guidelines. And so I created the first ever Robert's rules version of exactly how to run host and maintain your own mastermind group. So I would recommend someone go through that training, honestly, and get certified. And then you can start running and hosting your own one. Because guess what? 
you're not alike. I mean, you're not alone. There's other people just like you that are waiting to hear from you. Um, so if you're in a small town, I guarantee someone there has got a cool car dealership and someone else got a great restaurant and someone else reach out to these people. They have no one to talk to. Yeah. The success is to surround yourself with people you have respect for, not people you have influence over. So start your own little group and reach out to the people you admire. Surround yourself with people you have respect for, not people you have influence over because one will, one will feed your life. The other will feed your ego. Correct. Well, great. See, nice little added. I learned that from uh, a gentleman named Ruben Gonzalez, the only guy to ever compete in four winter Olympics in four different decades. And he and I would travel around the world and do crazy adventures. Like we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and ran with bulls and you name it. We're just like adventure buddies. And that's his whole thing. He goes, first there's a dream, then there's a challenge, and then there's victory. Unfortunately, most people quit in the challenging times because they don't have that group, that association to surround ourselves with. And it, everyone's heard the quote a thousand times. We're a reflection of the people we hang around, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you know it and you heard it, then why in the hell are you still telling your dreams so your uncle doesn't know what the hell you're talking about? It's your fault. Shut the, shut up. Yeah. It's your yeah. fault. Oh, so the whole thing is start your own group, do something about it. Yeah, it's so true that, that, that people, I think, so, and, and it took me the longest time to learn this, that you have to differentiate between people's love for you and their qualification to give you advice. Because frankly, the, the fact that they love you predisposes them to want to keep you safe more than to want to see you fulfilled. Well, more importantly, you're getting opinion and, and not counsel. Look, right, if you're right. going to start a, a brand new restaurant chain and your dad's a bus driver and your mom's a nurse, they're going to do everything to talk you out of it because they only know jobs. They only know one little thing. And again, it is to protect you, but you're also listening to people that don't know what they're talking about. But if you sat down with the guy who started Chuck E. Cheese and Five Guys and In-N-Out Burger, they're going to say, great, here's what you want to do and give you that, that, that feedback. Surround yourself with people that are getting the results you want. Look, this is my favorite thing. The way I became a best-selling author is I went to Barnes & Noble and I bought every best-selling book. I didn't buy every best-written book. I didn't want to be a great writing author. I can't spell right. it. So I asked those people how they did it. I duplicated it. Here we are now, and they just gave me a star on the Walk of Fame for being an author for a guy who can't spell out of a paper bag. So surround yourself with people that are getting the results you want. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that for a few reasons. One, because you're surrounding yourself with the people whose results you want to emulate. And two, I love the fact that you can't spell because it didn't stop you from being a best-selling author. I love the fact that Richard Branson was dyslexic and it didn't stop him from being a billionaire. I, I love the fact that people transcend circumstances and, and, and overcome, quote, handicaps all the time. So much so. You know, it's like once is a once is a, an anomaly, twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend. Well, what happens when it's three million times? What do we call it then? If three million different human beings have overcome massively handicapping circumstances to achieve wild levels of success, it's beyond a trend. At that point, it's just a it's it's basically a guarantee that there's something that's happening in those cases that'll get you there if you do what they did. If it happens three million times. I don't think you can disqualify yourself from it as a possibility for your life any longer. So I love the fact that you're one more of the millions of, of examples of people who 
in your own, you know, you did that in your own way. You became a best-selling author when you can't spell. Oh, I'm the least qualified guy to do what I do. And so the only thing I do different is, again, I surround myself with people that are getting the results you want. So for example, when I did this book, uh, the guy who wrote it for me, his name's Gary Krebs down here. He's the former publisher of McGraw-Hill Publishing Corporation. Again, who can write a better book? The guy who did this one writes all the curriculum for Princeton University. Who's going to write a better book? So when I did Three Feet from Gold, Sharon Lecter, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who's going to write a better book? So I'm smart enough to get out of my own way. And look, when we're making our movie, dude, I don't know anything. I'm sitting on the beach in California and San Diego. I don't know what I'm doing. But the <laughs> fact of the matter is, here's a, a cool story how this came to be because it's kind of neat. Uh, it, the movie's called Wish Man. And I was interviewing Frank Shankwitz. He's a guy who founded Make-A-Wish Foundation, the grant wishes to Germany yeah. on Hills, kids. And I asked him a question. I said, what is your wish? And he said, well, no one's ever asked me. I said, well, I'll grant your wish. What do you want, a Lamborghini? Let me give you something. And he goes, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids know I did something. So he signed over his life rights, and I said, I'll make it into a movie. I just don't know how to make a movie. And he trusted me and it took six years of so much BS of Hollywood and trying to figure it out till finally I just took all the information and I got one great counsel from the founder of Showtime Television. And I went and made this film and again, it took off and we've made the ballot for the Oscars and now we're trending all around the world. You can watch it tonight on Netflix. It's an incredible movie because I followed successful actions of others. Can you hold up that book again? Any one of them? The one, the one with the bull on it. The, oh, the bull? This one's called... Yeah. So, so that doesn't seem very fair. How come your name is bigger than the guy who wrote it? Because that's the way it works. An author is the person whose name is the uh, author of the book, and the writer is the person who wrote the book. Guess what? Rihanna has never written her own song. Neither has you know, majority of the people that you think famous from Elvis Presley down to Frank Sinatra, they never wrote their own songs, yeah. but it's their message. So what happens is I sit my ghostwriters down and I say, a boy gets an entrepreneurial spirit, wants to buy a bike, gets off his ass, mows lawns, makes money, gets that bike. And then they take it and say, it was a glorious Sunday afternoon when a young bright eyed lad caught the entrepreneurial spirit as he went outside, right? So they do their job, but it's still my message. So the way I write my books is it's all my, you can hear me. I'm a great gift of gap. I can explain myself clearly. It's just the punctuation and things like that. I need someone else to craft it in a way people would want to read. Yeah. I, I hope everybody's hearing this um, because I think people, again, they, you know, people find ways to disqualify themselves if that's the result that they're looking for. Oprah Winfrey, the most powerful woman, one of the most powerful women in the world, multi-billionaire. All she did was get other people to talk. I mean, that, she's done more now, but she built her entire, she for decades, she got hundreds of people onto her show and got them talking. She asked good questions, took all the credit. We've all seen Oprah. Can anybody, can, it, people who've seen hundreds of episodes of Oprah, can you name more than a handful of the guests that were on there? No, you just remember her, even though she was asking other people about their lives. Joe Rogan just got a hundred million dollar deal from Spotify because he, he gets interesting people on a show and ask them questions. Um, what's her name? Paula Dean cooking show. She never cooked anything on her show. She, I, I suppose she's a great cook. I don't know from watching the show. She was always having other people on and, and featuring them. Like it, it access people skills, 
And all the stuff that, Greg, that you're talking about, the specificity, reciprocity, I think people hear this stuff sometimes. They're like, yeah, man, I don't know. But really, I, just, I need to make some money. And, and then I'll, I'll become a more evolved person later. Right? right now, I just need to make some money. Okay, stop. Yeah. So one of the worst deals we can do in business, everyone listening to this thing, it's called an if, when, then. You should write it down. If, when, then. That's the kiss of death. That means if this happens and when this comes together, then this is my reward. Those are fantasies. That's like, again, a lottery ticket. You know, if I buy a ticket and when the numbers come out, then I'm a millionaire. Or if you go back in life, you start looking at your if, when, then deals. The very few of those ever do. If they do, they're the holy grail and God bless you. But 99.99%, it's hitting singles and doubles. It's that knowing. So, you know, the whole thing is we got to stop and look in the mirror and go, you know, what am I holding on to as a nut, you know, <laughs> rather than adjusting and adapting? How can I use that attention for something that's more productive and powerful that can help me make a positive impact in the world? Yeah, you know, there's that, that makes me think of that Jack Ma quote, the founder of Alibaba in China. Have you, have you read that quote that's about poor people? It's, it's slightly offensive, but I, I love it nonetheless because it's, it's wise where he says, and, and it's a long quote, he's like, at the end of it, he basically said, I mean, you Google Jack Ma quote on poor people, you get the whole text, but basically he sums it up by saying, poor people stay poor because their entire life is about waiting. He's like, you know, get, tell them it's a new business, they'll tell them it's too risky. Tell them it's, uh, or, or t you know, tell them it's brick and mortar, they'll say it's too much work. Tell them it's online, they'll tell, they'll tell you it's a scam. Tell them this. You know, they, their whole life is just they're waiting. That sounds like kind of like what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, it's if, when, then. You know, it's, it seems to be the fantasy. Plus, all we know is all we know. So, again, I think I feel like that's putting blame, shame, guilt on people, and that's not fair, too, because at the end of the day, all we know is all we know. Again, if all we've seen is our family dynamic of everyone work, job, da, 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 and that's what we know, then that's what we know. I was you know, raise a, you know, a rich white kid in the beach of California. I, I don't know anything except that. So that was my experience. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, I, I don't feel bad. I mean, I, I don't feel like people are doing something wrong because they have that mentality, but the masses just don't have that education, so to speak, to, to apply it. And, and I got to tell you, offline, when we're done with this thing, you and I should connect. I, I got another uh, call to do in a little bit, but you and I should jump on and see because I, there, there might be something here. And I've never said this on a podcast in my life, but I just, interesting. I'm sitting on this Holy grail of amazing human beings that want to share real life information from real life experience that have made a huge impact in the world. And yet I've never met an online marketing guy that could help take that message to the masses in a positive, productive way. And there might be some type of marriage made in heaven. Well, online marketing guys don't usually start podcasts and they don't <laughs> build relationships because they stay in their online marketing bubble and they don't venture out and do big mainstream business. That's thank you for validating my decision two months ago to do this. That's exactly this. You, everybody just experienced it. It's, it's synergy that happens when you step out of your comfort zone. This isn't my comfort zone. My comfort zone is sitting behind a computer hacking funnel data, you know? Uh, anyway. You should be out there because you got more hair than most of us. So that's, that's, that's still a good thing. You know, it's interesting. When, when I was doing this, this book, uh, I got like three more minutes, but Wealth Made Easy, yeah. it was so interesting. Uh, like Lamborghini gave me great insights. So did the founder of Remax. But my coolest one was a, a billionaire you never heard of. And his name's Brian. And he said, time plus wealth is money. Stop complicating things. 
I go, what do you mean? He goes, time plus land is money. He goes, all I do is I look for a town that's growing exponentially at 25% a year. Go on Google Maps, it's free, you can see it grow. He goes, I look for Broadway, Main Street, and I draw a line out eight miles, I buy the dirt. I rent that dirt to farmers who pay the lease so it's free land, and I get vegetables for years. And as the town grows at 25%, eventually it ends up on my plot. Since I'm on Broadway, Main Street, I own the biggest amount of land. That's what I sell to Costco and Walmart for 800 times what I paid, a billion dollars. And every single one of these wealth hacks of this book, I sat down with these people for days, and then we reduce it down to one simple paragraph or page of exactly how to make money in any chosen field of endeavor. So what's the name of that book again? Hold it up for us. It's called Wealth Made Easy. Because that was pretty genius what you just said. I think that's actually a great note to end on, even if you didn't have to go, which I know you do. Uh, Greg, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on Millionaire Secrets and, and for ending on a bona fide millionaire secret. There you go. And the bottom line is this. If we're a reflection of the people we hang around and our income, attitude, lifestyles, the average group, start asking yourself, who am I hanging out with? And do other people want to hang out with me? And start taking that observation where you take accountability and responsibility. Surround yourself with people like this show and start applying the messages. Because we need another book and seminar and a positive quote like a hole in the head. What we need to do is start applying what we know today. Amen to that. Where can people find you online? Uh, just Google me. But the main thing is if I can be of contribution back to people, go to Instagram and DM me. But don't talk about your weather and your kids and what you ate for dinner but if you have a specific question send it to me and i promise i'll get back and text him uh watermelon next week on tuesday at 10 10. <laughs> thank you greg you just finished this episode of the millionaire secrets podcast thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please like and share this episode and do leave us a review let us know how we impacted you today your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entranation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.